Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV show. It's uh, shows. It, we're out of practice. I'm Caleb. We've got Rhiannon. We've got Adam. Woo! We're back. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering why we hadn't recorded in the last couple weeks, it's mostly because a there's not been anything happening, and b I think we've been trying to like you know deal with the pandemic and all those things. So we decided this week to get back on the horse, and then we got gifted with news. That was good. Like I've oddly been way less bored than expected likewise like we expected when we last podcasted we were like we'll probably be so bored we'll podcast all the time and i'm like i would just like a break (laughs) so i wanted to ask this like at the top people have talked about like oh there's you're gonna have more free time on your hands do either of you feel like you have more free time on your hands no way i have two jobs and they're both work from home i I feel like I have more free time on my hands, but in that free, I mean, like, I feel like, I mean, like, I'm not having to commute and stuff, but on the flip side, I feel like I have more people checking in on me. Like, I feel like the social engagements have gone up. If my grandmother calls me and I do not answer in three rings, she assumes I'm dead. Uh, You know, (laughs) so I'm spending so much more time. You know, and my, I mean, like, last night, my whole family had trivia night on Zoom and stuff like that. So, like, I feel like it's just as busy as normal. Yeah. When you have children, it's worse than normal. Because there is so much extra parenting I have to do now. Like, I have to help them with their school. And I have to help them figure out how to use the technology. And you're also just spending extra time with them to make sure they're not being mentally scarred by the fact that they're growing up in the world where, you know, a virus is killing people in the streets. Like, there's just a lot of work to having my kids around 24-7. And I used to get a break when I could ship them to school, you know. I suppose that's what, I mean, Disney Plus has come uh, in for a little bit of help, huh? Or not? Yeah, no, Disney Plus is excellent. Uh, If nothing else, we spent uh, like 10 minutes the other day shuffling our avatars once we all were able to become uh, x-men characters oh you didn't choose cyclops did you nope (laughs) absolutely not so michael t ford says we still have to do the book club we do um i have it right here if we need the pandemic book club, i was reading it yesterday or the day before so what he's holding up is vision oh yeah i forget tom king's vision yeah this is a podcast the uh we're, we're only 151 <laughs> episodes in <laughs> the uh director's cut i love reading tom king's scripts because it's super super moody and batman-y yeah let's do vision i'm down it's the best comic i've ever read so whatever you guys get on that you guys make the reading assignments and i'll um try to yeah <laughs> We'll, 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 I'll put a schedule out. We'll, we'll see. We, we should have at least another four weeks of this, so. Oh, no. That laugh from Rhiannon was like, no, you're going to be stuck inside much longer than that. No, that laugh was more that, like, last time we did that. I, yeah, your obsession with when this is going to be over. You're, like, one of the first people that I know that obsessed over that. And, um, I mean, I think four weeks. Sure. Four weeks sounds great. I think it'll be different throughout the country. Yeah, I don't know if you know, Rhiannon, but you are persona non grata now in Rhode Island. Our governor has been, like, hardcore going after New Yorkers. 
I saw that you guys were going door to door, like the New York Post. So I'm not sure if that's even legit. No, no, they're sending Rhode Island State Troopers to like, uh, like Oceanside communities, and if they see like New York plates at houses, they're knocking on the door and asking them to leave and go back to New York. Nice. Oh my god, if they did that to me, I would stop at every drive-through on the way out. I don't know. I wouldn't. Um, but like, so I get it. Um, I mean, I think it's it's I get it. I thought they uh, got in trouble for targeting in that situation, and now they're doing all out-of-state plates. Right. Um. I. I definitely so since we last podcasted, I hopped on a plane and went to North Carolina. Um, and then my boss was like, "Hey, what the heck? You work in emergency management?" And I hopped on a plane and came back to New York City. Um, so like, I definitely had people like really upset with me for that little jaunt because who knows what I could have been carrying. You know, one day I was on the New York city subway. The next day I was on a flight to North Carolina. I was super careful about it. I, um, wore a mask in the airport, a little homemade mask. So, you know, who knows how effective, um, went straight to the car, went to my parents' house, didn't leave my parents' house until I went back to the airport and flew back. And it's been over two weeks and my parents haven't come down with it or anything, but I kind of, I get the paranoid and I mean, and I've definitely had friends that are like, I can't believe you did that. That is so irresponsible. Um, but yeah, I, the weird thing is how New York city is absolutely no different when you never leave your apartment. Um, like I forget that the city is different at all out there until like the rare times that I leave my apartment and walk around and I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is different. This is weird. No, it's been a real interesting thing. It's not just Rhode Island, I guess places like Cape Cod and Nantucket too, there's a lot of these communities in New England where like people own vacation homes and understandably there's people like from New York that go, Oh, we'll go to our place in the Cape to get away from the virus. And those places have been shutting down like Nantucket's like, don't come here. I don't care if you have a vacation home here. We don't want anyone coming onto the Island because we're trying to save ourselves from this virus. And there's been this like real political debate of like, if you pay property taxes on a home that you own in Nantucket, should you have the right to be there? And the local government's like, we don't give a flip about your rights. We're trying to save our people from the virus. And like, it's caused this real interesting tension in vacation communities about like who counts as our people or not, you know? Yeah. And I, um, I talked to somebody like Dare County, North Carolina is another community like that. Their first case was somebody from New York City that escaped to Dare County. It's a coastal community in North Carolina. Um, yeah, and their first case was a New Yorker that came. And I mean, my my personal thoughts and none of these reflect anything about my employer or anything. My personal thoughts are if you are not leaving your apartment, if you, I mean, if you're not leaving your house, if you are driving to Cape May and you are going into your house and you are not leaving your house, I don't see what difference it makes. If you show up with your groceries, you know, but if you're there and you're like, oh, thank God I'm out of New York. I'm going to go hang out at the pub because they haven't had to shut down yet. You know, and I'll, once I get there, I'm going to do all my grocery shopping. I, then I think it's, I think that's a little bit uh, inconsiderate to communities that might otherwise not have had the spread. Um, so I haven't looked into it that much. I, you know, 
like I said, I tried to be very good on my jaunt. Um, I did, I was talking to somebody recently that lives in Manhattan and has a home like in Idaho. And I was like, holy crap, why are you writing this out in Manhattan when you have a home in Idaho? And then Idaho had a 6.5 earthquake. What? <laughs> I mean, not that they like knew that was happening, but they had a 6.5 earthquake in Idaho. So I was like texting and I was like, uh, so I guess you made the right choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess you're just like, darned if you do, darned if you don't. Like, um, so yeah, 6.5 earthquake in Idaho. No, I thought you were, uh, first I'm trying to connect the, uh, we got to see the baby joke from Seinfeld. Um, with all the stuff. Um, in seconds, <laughs> I thought, no, I was just going to say, I thought you were actually going to drop like your first ever F-bomb when you said, what the flip? Because the, the <laughs> L was actually sounding like the U for a little bit. And I'm like, whoa, that's besides the point. I don't have anything to update on that front. I think my lifestyle has changed very little. So I'm not sure what that says for me. I mean, it's the bad thing is it's like, business as usual here all around um nothing shut down whatsoever so nothing's changed no no way i mean all the factories all the so your movie theater still open you think we have a movie theater no the closest movie theater is not open okay um but i mean we have one convenience store i mean we don't have the cafe already closed down so Rural Iowa in um, the western part of the state has virtually not changed at all. They won't let you take your uh, mugs into the Casey's General Store, but you can still go on there and buy. So that's probably going to everyone probably has it here because no one's doing anything. I mean, Walmart is. I tried to get into Walmart yesterday, and I got turned away by the bouncer and telling me I have to wait and stuff because they're at capacity. I'm like, man. You get turned away by the bouncer at Walmart? You are, uh... Well, are you saying, like, is there a dress code here now or what, guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, you were dressed too nice to be allowed in. Uh, it was funny because it was actually a person I went to school with, too. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Just let me in. And they're like, no, we have the rules. Last thing I did before leaving North Carolina was go to Walmart and just lick a few things. Just that's why I was nervous about just going in. I I didn't I don't know where the people were. I saw like two other people in there, so I'm not sure if their capacity is like three people. <laughs> um, uh, the article said they were cutting the... it down to twenty percent of whatever the normal building allowance is. So like it's per thousand square six, feet. So it's so many people per thousand. Twenty percent of six. Yeah, three. Yeah. Well, that's fifty percent. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I just had to go get a case of the new Mountain Dew, which is good, by the way. Um, that's essential, right? Or am I supposed to be getting my water in now? No, Mountain Dew. Yeah, essential, yeah, Mountain sure. Dew sounds yeah. essential. Yeah, I know. I've been drinking far more Coca Cola than I could do a whole podcast on just how I've changed my life for the apocalypse. But I mean, see what have I told you? My immunity plans. Like I've been drinking no. more pop. Does it involve licking every- things at Walmart? <laughs> a little bit and having people sneeze in my face <laughs> um, but then the third part is increasing my soda intake because what happens like when the wells and the stuff dry up in the apocalypse right you have to boil water and stuff but I mean soda's going to stay shelf stable for a little bit right I mean it might go flat 
So maybe if I build up my tolerance for soda and caffeine. Um, um, Michael T. Ford wants to know, and I think this is an important question. Did you get the Mountain Dew flavored Doritos? No, those are only in Australia, I think. Unless they are coming to the States. I honestly thought you guys remember that Monster Energy lunch meat ham? No. Prank that went around? No. I thought it was an April Fool's prank, but I double checked with Mountain Dew and it's legit. They're doing it in Australia, right? Huh? Whatever. I have found uh, my big quarantine food pick is right now Sprite has a uh, Sprite Zero Ginger. So it's like kind of Sprite, kind of ginger ale. It's, it's awesome. Very good. It is excellent. It's very good. Hmm. I thought, see, I thought Sprite was kind of like a ginger ale the way before, but apparently it's not. No, it's a lemon lime soda. It's supposed to take, taste like lemons, and then ginger ale is supposed to taste like ginger. So I found the perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe. I've been baking. I've been doing um, bake it till we make it. I've made the most perfect chocolate chip cookies. I have bacon cheddar scones in the fridge right now to go in the oven whenever we're done podcasting. I, uh, I've been drinking more Coca-Cola. I, I've had prepared food delivered so that I won't have to go to the grocery stores. Uh, I did one of those meal subscription kits. Um, I'm eating well. My wife came home yesterday and she couldn't find flour at the grocery store. But she heard we have like a restaurant supply store in our neighborhood that sells like paper goods and stuff. And she's like, uh, I'm going to go and go pick up some flour. And I was like, okay. She comes home with this bag that's like bigger than like a bag of mulch. It like weighs more than two of our kids just full of flour. And I was like, uh, that's what you meant by some flour? And she's like, well, it's the only way I can get it. So I just bought a lot of it. Well, I think I saw her in our baking community. So, uh, that little Facebook group, um, I'm in a Facebook group with a friend of mine that has three or little, two and a half little girls running around. One of them's her husband's. I, I, I don't think she's there all the time. Um, but she's doing things that you can bake like with your kids and stuff. Um, or without your kids or to deal with your kids. Um, and, and it's been a lot of fun. So that's, we made scones this morning. You said two and a half kids and all I could think of was Saga. Uh, Have you been reading Saga? I'm not caught up. The ghost babysitter. (laughs) No, it's from the beginning. The ghost babysitter. That's only half a kid. (laughs) I, have read the first six. No, not six. That's probably all there are. The first four or five volumes in the last issue. It was really out of context, but it was still, ugh. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, a good, the uh, big, like, the big, thick omnibus, right. like, the one that they put out with the first half of it or whatever. I'm almost so. disappointed they're actually thinking about bringing it back. I think it's uh, good enough where it is. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But you've read, I mean, you're totally caught up, I assume. No, no, no. I'm... I'm close. I'm through the first like 37 issues okay. or something like that out of how many have they done now? 58. Yeah, I thought or it was 50. Maybe it is 58. I don't know. Somewhere in the fifties I thought, but, um, Ooh, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I need to live stream your reaction while reading it or something. 
Um, <laughs> okay, that could be interesting. It certainly is a little off of my usual uh, tenor of comics. So it's so good though. Plus, it's your it's your dude Brian K. Vaughn. So. All right, let's talk about Marvel. I know it took a while to get there, but if you thought we were going to talk about Marvel for an hour, <laughs> you're crazy. There's not that much to talk about. Uh, yesterday we got from the trades a report of the plan of what they're going to do with the movies. Uh, basically, everything's getting shifted back. Black Widow is going to go into the November slot where Eternals was. Eternals goes to February of 2021. Shang-Chi moves to May of 2021. Uh, Doctor Strange 2 then shifts to November of 2021. Spider-Man 3 seems to keep its spot for now. Thor Love and Thunder now kicks to February 2022. And then Black Panther is staying in 2022. And Captain Marvel 2 is definitely in July of 2022. And there's the still the October 2022 date. Correct. And they removed an early 2022 date. Uh, February or March, was it? I don't think they've removed any Marvel dates. Yeah, it was an entitled, entitled. Um, yeah, Marvel there was project. an untitled Marvel movie that got right, that disappeared. Right, which we think is Ant Man three, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that what was originally in that February slot that now goes to Thor: Love and Thunder. Most people I saw were predicting that was going to be Ant Man three. Which is certainly the movie farthest along that now has no release date. So, um, I mean, let's just, first of all, talk about those delays. I mean, it's disappointing, I think, for everyone. But at this point, it kind of made sense that this is what they were going to do. I mean, seems a necessary correction. Right. I wonder if they will be good with this or there will have to be more delays. Hope so. It's going to be 493 days between Marvel movies. I mean, we seem to think Black Widow's in the can, right? Like, they have the movie. It's just about having a ability to show it to the public. They had been doing some reshoots, I thought. Or at least they just got done with reshoots. I mean, I think it's also, I think it's less than um, just in the can. I think they want to make sure they can do the full press tour. Like, right now, you're not going to be sending ScarJo around the world to, you know, advertise this everywhere. So, that's my guess. It, it is certainly, uh, I don't know, Black Widow never, uh, I don't know if it feels like a great November play. It's interesting that it and Bond are now together again, like, close to each other, except for Black Widow's first this time. And it got a new composer, which is weird. Like, we are only a month, we were a month away, and they're decided to rescore it for whatever reason. Doesn't that almost feel like they always hated the score, but they were just going to deal with it? And now that they have extra right. time, they're like, okay, we can fix that now. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I mean, this is, I mean, it seems like the writers have changed as well. And then the um, final credits and stuff, or at least the trailer credits, were completely different from then what we thought was going on like Thor Ragnarok guy got top credit I don't know I guess the the new person I don't know who the new person is um I think he did one of the Bond films I don't know Black Widow composer it it does suggest that Disney feels comfortable that theaters are gonna be open again in November like 
it doesn't seem like they would set these dates unless they had expectations that things will be back to normal by the fall. Things better be back to normal by October, by November. Um, Yeesh. I mean, if things are not better by November, this will be a very different world in many, many ways, and Black Widow will be the least of our concerns. <laughs> right. The Walt Disney but, Company may not exist anymore. <laughs> I think it's. I actually think it's weird that they waited until November, because I really, I still hold on to what I said the last time we podcasted. Those first movies after they reopen theaters, they are going to make bank because people are just so excited. People will be so excited to just get out. Yeah, I mean, but and guess maybe, what it is now. What is it? Can't wait, Venom Two. Ah! <laughs> I mean, but I, <laughs> it's one of the earliest ones, baby. But that, I mean, like it'll be something like a Venom Two, and it will make so much money where it wouldn't have before. Because I mean, unless I mean, but that's like with this mindset that one day the theaters are closed, the next day they're open. In reality, it'll probably be the theaters reopen in some communities, and then a week, couple weeks later, in some. But I say that first movie when New York, Los Angeles, D.C., you know, when the big cities have their theaters open, that movie is going to make so much money because people are just ready to get out. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, though. I'm fascinated with, like, what psyches will be like when this is over. Like, are people going to be like, oh, yes, we're finally free. Let's go do stuff. Or is it going to be like, well, listen, we think it's safe to go back now. Just make sure you wear a mask and gloves to the theater. Like, are there going to be some people that are like, no, I'm not going to go to the movie theater yet. Like, they're going to, like, slowly put themselves back into society instead of just jumping right back into going to a room with 500 people in it, you know? So I think it's, I mean, this, this is interesting because when I talk to people that live in New York, they're like, oh, my God, yes, people are going to want to get out. When I talk to people that live, like, in rural areas, they're like, yeah, people are going to learn how comfortable their couch is. You know, they're going to upgrade their audio, their home video stuff. So I think there might be, like, a, a divide in urban versus rural in that regard, but we'll see. It was interesting. Michael T. Ford, actually, I saw this morning, shared an article about how the Chinese film industry is, like, really encouraging more and more direct-to-home releases because they basically don't want to open up theaters because they don't want to do things that might spike the infection rate. And so, like, internationally, the Chinese are just like, yeah, let's get back to normal life. Not quite movie theaters, though. Just keep streaming that crap to people's houses, you know? I really thought we might see something like that with Mulan. But I don't know. I don't think it'll still make its July date. I, they push that to July, right? while every other studio had recently delayed their July movies. So maybe that's the theory there. Yeah, I think right now the first big release that's scheduled is uh, Pixar Soul is still technically supposed to open in June, maybe? June? Um, Paramount hasn't moved the SpongeBob movie either, I don't think. They have. It's been shoved back to July. Uh, do you think this could be good for the MCU that people now have more time to finish these projects that they're doing? Uh, Scott Derrickson was tweeting about that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, I feel bad for him. This is, that's the, that's the first thing I wanted to write up like a, a piece so bad, but it got axed. 
that's the one thing the guy wanted was more time to develop his project, right? Yeah. And, well, oops. Yeah. What'd Scott say, kind of... Rhiannon? Um, I mean, just basically, he thinks they'll be higher quality movies. These these movies that are getting the extra time before release, they'll get higher quality. Um, my thought on that, though, is time is money. So, like, if you have a budget of $10 million for VFX, just because we now have five months, doesn't mean you now have $50 million for VFX. Like, those people have to be paid to do that work. Now, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe there's a little bit, like, where previously you would have been paying overtime and, you know, your VFX crew was going to have to be working, your special effects folks... We're going to have to be working 12-hour days, so they were getting paid overtime and all that, so that budget, you know, goes to doing things fast. And now that budget can be that they can, like, take their time and make it look good and sleep on it. But I don't think necessarily five months goes into, like, a awesome, super awesome product, but, um, but I think we will get things a little bit better. Now, I know in video gaming... They have this thing called crunch where they just make people work like ridiculous hours for the same amount of pay to make sure something gets done. Do VFX companies have like better labor practices in place or does that happen with VFX people sometimes? I follow one VFX person on Twitter. um, So I'm hardly educated on this. I don't know if they have a union because like I know Directors Guild, Actors Guild, all of those are unions. There's a society. Does that count? Uh, I don't know if that works like with labor agreements. Because um, I know in script notes recently they were talking about like the lesser, uh, the the trades that are involved. You know, like folks that do work on movie and television production but don't have unions. And basically, I don't remember where VFX falls on that, but I don't think they do. I don't think they have that kind of protection. I think they're pretty abused. There's um, the gaming stuff. That's that's definitely, a, I don't want to say bigger or more important. It has the uh, notoriety, I guess. Because VFX people are, uh, they're still very much at work um, now. So I don't think the crunch here will come into play. Um, I talked to two yesterday. And they're both actively working on Marvel movies now. So I was wondering that. That's really interesting. They have enough CPU power and stuff at home that they can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, they both... It's an industry... I, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to say this all It's There's a thing in place where... So how they even worked before, right? With all the um, security and stuff is they wouldn't let them have their own computers at work they i call them thin clients i'm not sure what the industry thing is but it's a really dumbed down computer tower that you access a remote connection the way it was right so they have like a supercomputer in the server room that's locked um and even when they're at the office they use this Thin client or remote PC to access that supercomputer that's locked. Oh, that has all so the all the like such. horsepower is somewhere at a central HQ. Else, it's right. not actually so in the computer you're working. That's on. the biggest right. So they could have worked from home regardless. Um, but I know there's at least two. Like I said, 
um, that are that are doing it now with no change to their workloads, I guess. But I'm not sure if that was PR talk or or what the deal was. I, I know the Eternals; they're still working on visual effects for the Eternals, so they're still trying to make movies. I mean, part of what's interesting to me about these shifts is the way it changes the movie a little bit. So, like, we had talked about Eternals maybe having some award buzz. That certainly is going to be hurt by a February release instead of a November release. Unless the Oscars changes the rules, which, you know, I don't, I don't, haven't seen any suggestion that they will. I mean, I feel like that shifts that movie. And the other thing that's really interesting is it makes Shang-Chi a May movie. May has traditionally been their like giant tentpole movies, and you usually like Guardians and Black Panther had to prove themselves before they got a May release slot for their sequels. But it means Shang Chi now. I mean, that movie becomes a big deal that they're going to try to launch that franchise in the biggest slot that they have every year. Right, right, right. I suppose we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they they. Worried much about switching it? I, I don't think they really put too much thought into it, I guess, right? I think they just kind of delayed everything. I mean, right now, Spidey's still on. There's no way Spider-Man's going to make it July release day next year, right? To me, it speaks a lot to the interconnectedness. They clearly couldn't throw Shang-Chi before Eternals, or they couldn't shuffle the order of these movies um because they probably have a big impact on each other you know like the ones that are already in progress definitely probably had to come out in this specific order and that was probably more important than february or may right right i mean they're still early enough they could probably tweak shang chi a little bit right story-wise or character-wise or what have you. Certainly extra credits-wise, post-credits, extra credit. Also, we've talked about cursed productions. Can you imagine being on that movie? Like, the movie starts with wildfires in Australia, and then it gets hit with coronavirus. Like, oh, gosh. I mean, that's the thing. You brought up, Caleb. What's what's everyone going to think once it says? I mean, if this drags out till June... I mean, all the supermarkets here and stores here, and I'm sure out there have done the whole plastic dividers and and all sorts of protections and stuff. I mean, obviously those are going to stay in place now, right? And yeah. I mean, if someone coughs, people are going to scurry. I think we're going to be more germophobic generally, you know. I think it'll be more and more common. You know how, like, you see, like, videos of Tokyo or whatever, and there's people walking around with masks on? And that's just kind of normal, but here in the States, we kind of always felt like people were weird. I think, like, particularly in a place like New York, I think you'll see more people when they're sick wearing a mask, and it'll just become, like, more normalized, you know? All right, um, on the release date stuff, I think, uh, well, let's talk about Ant-Man 3 quickly. It seems like that movie is the odd man out. It, it we thought, was headed for a February 2022 release. And now we know it can't come until October 2022, and we're pretty sure that that's their Blade date. So, uh, does it disappoint you? Also, uh, while we're talking about these things... Jeff Loveness. Yeah, Jeff Loveness from Rick and Morty has been hired to write that movie. Um, Also with the Killer Nova comic, Rod. 
and Groot as well. He did the Groot solo series. His Nova run was uh, exceptional. I don't want to say it was the Annihilation caliber Nova stuff, but he brought Nova back from the Cancerverse and such. It's very good. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's goofy. So it's totally on brand for uh, for the Ant-Man franchise. He's done Kimmel stuff. He's done um, Oscars and Emmy Award writing jokes and such. Joke writing. Um, so it's pretty good. I mean, he's probably going to be one of how many writers that get a credit. It almost felt to me like they announced that news because they knew people were going to freak about Ant-Man 3 kind of being taken out of the production queue, at least according to release dates. So it's almost like that bit of info got dropped by Disney to go, hey, we still are making an Ant-Man 3, don't freak out, you know, like, it's just going to come later. We've already seen this with Guardians, right? Guardians 3 has been delayed significantly by years, and so Disney will get to it, it just takes time. Right, right, right. Michael T. Ford says that one panel from Nova was one of my all-time favorites, and I think... I know what he's talking about, and I'm going to try getting it so we can pull it up. Um, but it's hilarious. It's just peak comic booky. It explains Marvel to a T, and I'm surprised Marvel let, um, let him put it in there. Podcast audio listeners can't see it, because I remembered um, before. Um, <laughs> I can't either, so... <laughs> Nova, Richard Ryder, comes back from the Cancerverse, so he's gone, right? And this is Nova, so um, Sam Alexander's here, plus the champions, Viv, Cyclops, Miss Marvel, and Miles. So Rich goes, you're Miss Marvel? And Kamala says, yup. And he goes, what happened to Carol? And she, Kamala says, you mean Captain Marvel? And then Nova says, he's dead, referring to Marvel, And she's not... And you're Spider-Man? Yeah. Is he dead? Referring to Peter Parker? No. Cyclops is dead, though. Cyclops. And then the young Cyclops comes in. <laughs> it's crazy. And I butchered the delivery, but you guys understand it. Read Nova. Yeah, I know. It, it's fine. It's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. It's on brand. It's, um, if you want. I mean, y'all have time now, anyways. It's probably, it's got to be on uh, Unlimited. I'm almost caught up on my Marvel Unlimited. I only have 10 issues of anything left before I'm finally caught caught up. up. You've read everything besides 10 issues on Marvel Unlimited? No, of the things that I'm going to read, yeah. So that's another thing we could potentially talk about if you guys want to get into that. But when the hell are we going to have comics again? Right, right. Never? They delayed Daredevil 20? I need Daredevil 20. I, if you guys are not reading Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run... It's so good. You need to. It's very well, good. It started off very strong. Remind us, Adam, what's going on here. Like, Diamond Distributors is where all the comic books come from, and they're not feeling like they can safely operate. Right, so once upon a time, Marvel and DC had like their own distributors and stuff, then this guy named Steve buys the distributors and forms... A monopoly with Diamond. It's like a Maryland-based company. Um, so what publishers do? So how comics work? Obviously, it's all based on the pre-ordering, right? I think Matt kind of explained it when he was on here. But they only print as many issues as people order. Essentially, obviously, they print a little more and and whatnot. But that's why there's the the final on-call date or the final cutoff date. Um, 
because then Diamond sends that to the publishers who then print the issues. And then once those are printed, they get sent back to Diamond and Diamond distributes them to the, the stores and stuff. Um, so now Diamond, it's the dominoes effect, right? The Most governors shut down non-essential retail, which means comics are technically non-essential. Who would have thunk? Um, so obviously with fewer comic stores buying stuff, Diamond doesn't have the cash flow to continue operating. So Diamond says, uh, we're going to shut down for however long. So as it stands now, there is no one to distribute comics. Um, and the common consensus makes it seem like these publishers don't want to go digital first. Obviously, you're going to have throwback or, or what am I trying to say? Not throwback. Um, feedback or whatever from the stores. Because um, the stores want print copies, right? They don't want people to go digital um same way why movie theaters want cinematic releases but then this week didn't they make a deal where now you can buy them digitally and they're no that fell apart okay so then oh. there's this thing called comics hub right that's being heralded on twitter that's ah, it's a game changer for comics so comics hub was started by two retail stores um and it was involved by a, uh, they were developing like a software where you could um, buy the code digitally and somehow manage to turn that code into a physical copy later. But no one else liked that. So that went from changing the comics industry to not existing within the span of 48 hours. So now we're back to nothing. It's almost like they did. Yeah, now we're back to nothing. Um, DC's not doing anything for the foreseeable future. I, I spoke with uh, my guy at Dark Horse, um, and they have no idea what to do. I mean, they can't, they can't sell comics, right? Because a lot of these things might have exclusive agreements with Diamond to dis, for distribution rights, and they can't. <clears throat> so uninformed, sell ignorant opinion from me. Shouldn't we just kill Diamond? Like Diamond feels like it's been the problem. Yes, for a everyone long time. wants it. Well, and I was about right. to say, I think any contract, like if Diamond is saying we will not print your comics, any contract exclusivity. That says, you know, Diamond's the only one that can print your comics is null and void because they can't hold their end of the bargain. Furthermore, this past week, Diamond also came out and said that they are holding payments, right? So then Diamond would then obviously accept payment from the comic stores and such, then bump that out to the publishers for selling their comics, except those payments are now not arriving because Diamond did not have enough money to last... One damn week, apparently. Um, so it's just a huge cluster. Beep. Um, I don't know. Marvel came out and said that they're essentially canceling a third of the line. They said that they're temporarily uh, putting uh, pencils and pens and fingers down order on one third of their books. Um, but they were going to, those are probably all books that were six issue runs or cancellations, anyways, right? I have no idea what books those are. I would assume zero X-Men books or zero Spider-Man books. Um, but all these, I mean, there's a Power Pack miniseries coming out. It's hard to imagine that they would try pushing Power Pack through still when they're all things considered, you know. Um, so we'll see. I mean, probably nothing for the next month. 
it's just insane because in in this environment, if they just told Diamond and comic book stores to go pound sand, they could make a lot of money just selling them digitally direct to consumers. Like, how many people would not just download stuff? You know, like, I don't know. I just, and I'm not saying I want comic book shops to fail. I'm just saying if the system is that broken, I'd rather Marvel continue to exist than just stop in order to save comic book stores. Right. I mean, we'll see. It's hard to believe Disney doesn't have the, I was going to say Disney doesn't have the money, but I mean, obviously now that's (laughs) an issue too increasingly, but it doesn't have the logistics and stuff for their own distribution. Surely Disney owns a publisher or something, right? Well, Marvel already does digital comics. Like that's well, what I don't really understand. Right, but that's that's yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's a single store owner that wants it. And it's weird. I mean, what other? I mean, there's like sewing and craft stores, but I would guess there's plenty of distributors for those. And there's a lot of controversy of those staying open. Um, I think there's also like a. Um, yeah, I feel like the the major publishers have made have pretty much like promised the local comic shops that they would do what they can to keep them in business, that they see them as an important part of their business. And I think this is really going to test that relationship. Does Marvel eventually decide they would rather make money than keep them in business, even if it's a little bit of money, or do they want to risk risk ruining I mean Because people could read things digitally and never want the paper copies again, do they want to take that chance and risk putting the local comic shops out of business, or do they want to risk lose, you know, losing money and going on that route? It was already a very, very messy system to start with, um, so obviously this helps zero. Um, credit where credit's due, DC announced that they have a quarter of a million dollar fund that they're giving out grants to uh, comic stores. Um, there are several, um, disclaimer, I'm about to promote something, there are several indie um, publishers that are doing a half-and-half half deal. So there's Scout Comics, obviously, which um, I'm doing a comic through later, hopefully. Tell um, us more, Alex. I've told you about that. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Uh, no, I, yeah, mean, yeah. I was like, show's still coming out sometime. I don't know when. Um, but there's, I know of Scout Comics, Black Mask, which does, which does very good books. Um, Matt has, Rosenberg has Four Kids Walk to a, Into a Bank. I think that's Black Mask. And then TKO, TKO is dynamite if you haven't had any TKO books yet. Um, but all three of these, if you order comics through their website and drop in, a store name in the memo. Uh, they're donating half of the entire order to that store. Um, so if your LCS is closed and you would still like to support it, that is a way to support for now until, I mean, who knows when the hell comics are coming back. I mean, not for a month at least I would imagine or more much longer. Yeah, I, I think what's so hard about this is I, I enjoy having a local comic book shop, and I do like them being around. I just worry that there's, like, this weird obsession with them that, like, is kind of like the old guard. Like, I love my local comic book shop, but I also know that it's a place that's mostly for 30- and 40-year-old white guys to hang around 
and talk about comic books. And so like, I just want the industry to broaden to more audiences. And that means more stores and more distribution channels. And sometimes I feel like, like fully launching ourselves into a future where the comic industry is broader than their traditional market is held back by this obsession with comic book stores. And it's not that I want them to die. I just, I would like to have them and, and I feel like the feeling of a lot of folks is that if we don't just be super protective about that, that entity, it'll die. And maybe that's true. Like maybe lots of people would buy comics at a gas station instead of a comic book store. If that was available, I don't know. I just kind of wish the market could change. That's all. Right. Maybe this is the, the cataclysm that causes that, you know, maybe this, um, does that cause shops realize, well, the, the sales we're losing to gas stations and Barnes and Nobles at borders isn't still a place, is it? I don't know. Um, and whatever other. Yeah. Whatever. I think the real General... danger is like Walgreens or Walmart, right? Like, Right. If, if mean, you could pick up your weekly comics while picking up, you know, Tylenol or right. like a soda, yeah. that is what people would do. I know GameStop had uh, tested doing weekly comic sales, except they pulled that real quick because GameStop's a mess in and of itself. Um, but, you know, I mean, maybe this is what's going to. I mean, it's hard to believe it's not going to change afterwards. I mean, Diamond's probably not coming back, so how in the hell are they going to distribute their comics? I mean, if, if like, Disney does its own distribution on something, they're not going to limit it to um, limit it to comic stores. I mean, they're going to they're going to use whatever powers the mouse has and get it in front of as many people are possible. I have no idea. Maybe Marvel comics are already sold at the resorts and such. Um, the only other Marvel news I saw this week, uh, we did get a list of pops for, uh, Eternals and listed was Crow, who is one of the deviants. We have yet to have any cast members named or any deviant characters given to us. Uh, Crow is kind of a leader of the deviants. Uh, I'm going to say something that could be a spoiler for the movie if they do what's in the comics. So if you don't want that spoiled, mute for the next 20 seconds. Uh, Crow has a, uh, he's known for having this like uh, Romeo and Juliet type affair with Thena, right? Like they're not supposed to be in love, but they are. And so I think that would totally fit into some of the things we've seen from this movie. The idea of a deviant and eternal who are in love with each other. Uh, but I was just excited to see that character because I think he's an interesting and good character in those comics. And it was interesting that we still have zero info on the villains for that movie. So, um, There was one Celestial confirmed too, or did you say that? No, I didn't say it because uh, I forget the name. Which Celestial I is did it? I too. starts with an A. Um, I can't remember what. It's like no, one of the or something? Yeah, one of the four that came to... Uh, Came to Earth in the Eternals number one. One of those. That's why I was wondering why uh, why they only did one. Is there only going to be kind of... Is that going to end up being the big bad of the movie? This is the kaiju movie we, we always wanted. Maybe. It is a... It's like a giant size pop too, right? Since it's a celestial. I don't know. I just saw a bullet point list of... Of the names. Uh, do you guys have anything else 
that you want to talk about Marvel or otherwise, I'm I'm uh, about to tapped out. So uh, the one thing looking through like Twitter from the past week, there was the discussion of cons and how this could lead to that live stream announcement con that you've always wanted, Caleb. Yes. So um, I'm personally hoping that everything just gets pushed to New York Comic Con and we actually get Marvel Studios at New York Comic Con doing a big blowout like they would normally do at San Diego or something because October sounds like the first time that people would be really willing to gather in large crowds. I mean, like looking at uh, the schedules, even if San Diego happens, I think it'll be a a scaled down version of San Diego. Um, But New York Comic Con October sounds like a time when people would finally be willing to all be in one place and crowd together maybe hopefully i mean yeah san diego's not gonna happen right you know i i my thought right now is that they'll do a smaller version they'll allow people to get refunds and you know have practices you know safety practices in place or something that's my guess right now that that they will do something, but they will allow refunds. Certainly from a Marvel perspective, it's weird because I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like July, when you look at where July was compared to the old calendar, it's where January is now, right? Like July was between Black Widow and Eternals. But now Black Widows and Eternals, like Christmas or New Year's is what's going to be between those two. And so you just wonder if you can have the hype train start at the same point or it, – it is interesting. It does seem like New York might be um, might be better timed as far as when they'll know stuff. Because we haven't mentioned this. There's talk that they might just shut down production altogether until September and then spool everything back up in September so that they can have a date. They feel confident about things being able to start again. Um, that also would potentially push, um, you know, push all these Marvel plus shows. That's the other thing we don't have any idea about is when these Disney plus shows are going to hit. And if they're going to have to scoot all those back as well. <laughs> I like, and, and Michael T. Ford says they could give out task mask or promotional masks at New York comic con. To hype Black Widow so people can wear the masks. They did that at Comic-Con a couple of years ago for Venom. When I went to the Venom panel, they gave out Venom masks. And um, I really wished I still had mine. I totally just sold it on eBay, like, the next month. But they were they were a Venom mask. It was like a little cloth mask, and it had the, the Venom mouth on it. So they've done that before, and it would be really cool. I, I, I think we'll see a lot. at the fair, At the first big con, we'll see a lot of masks as... Uh, giveaways as swag mask swag uh, i just looked it up adam the the eternal is or the uh, celestial is erishem and it is supposed to be a 10 inch pop so which makes sense it's a big celestial all right anything else interesting from your experiences of quarantine rhiannon how was a uh, fancy restaurant food on takeaway was that weird or so was it good? um so for those that don't follow on Twitter, I ordered, there's a Michelin star restaurant in my neighborhood, like a very, a one star Michelin star uh, Korean steakhouse that I ordered takeout from. Um, the cool thing, so the restaurant is Kote and it's a Korean steakhouse. The cool thing is like 
when you go there, it's a long drawn out, like they bring out a little bit of this and a little bit of this and you slowly work your way through the meal. So having it all at once, like on my doorstep was, it just wasn't the same. Um, it really, it was delicious. Um, I won't be doing it again. I think my friends and I will all just be waiting to go when they reopen. Um, I think the orders, I I can't remember all of my restaurant specials. That's the only big place I've ordered from so far. Uh, the restaurant specials, I think there was something about like, if you order or something, we'll, um, let you know when we're reopening. Like you'll have first chance at a reservation when we reopen. Um, I mean, but otherwise, like, I've done every sort of grocery delivery. If anybody wants advice on, like, how to get groceries, I order most of my shelf-stable stuff from Target. And what I've liked about Target is, like, if you order something and they don't have it in stock, they'll, like, keep your order. And when they have it in stock, they'll send it to you. Instead of just, like, if I do Instacart or something, they'll just delete what you want. You know, they're in the store right then. And if they don't have it, you're not getting it. Um, I had a horrible Instacart experience, which I know there's, there's a lot of controversy about Instacart right now, but, um, I wasn't going to the grocery store and it was the option I had. Um, I feel like people can't get Amazon prime to work. I have, I've been getting, it's a mess. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've just been doing a meal kit, like subscription. My meals come already made. I stick them, I boil them for six minutes and then I have food and it's been delicious. Um, like I said, I'm probably eating way more than normal. I'm probably going to, I, there was a fun little meme. Like when we're done with this, does the 600 pound, the show that features 600 pound people just like call me up or do I need to reach out to them? (laughs) Um, I've set up my home office. That was like last weekend was getting my whole little home office area set up. That's why our Patreons that see my face now see like way more. Um, it'll probably, I didn't set it up for podcasting, so this will probably evolve for the podcasting setup, but um, I don't know. I like my apartment. I like being here. Um, so far, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I think we, like, we're used to getting together and using podcasting. You know, we do our little video chat with this. So we get together and we talk to each other no matter where we are, no matter what the situation is. And I find it's way easier on my friends that have those plans in place that, that, that have, that are familiar with these systems. My poor mother is suffering from all of her friends and my grandmother. They are used to their in-person contact. They are used to people stopping by knocking on their door and hanging out with them a little bit. They are used to talking in person and they are so out of anything to talk about at this point. Um, so I think like folks that aren't as used to this as us are having a much harder time with it. Um, but I honestly feel like I could just be locked in this apartment for a while before I ran out of things to do or ran out of human contact. Now, if the internet goes down, the power goes out. That's it. That's it. I'll, I'll be done. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, now I have to play board games. Oh no. Board games with myself. I'll be playing solitaire over and over. Apparently, you can play Terraforming Mars solo. Oh. Did you know that? Huh, I bet you That's could. That's what the internet said. I bet you could. But I can't, because I don't have it. I always play my friend's copy. The podcast has been super helpful to me professionally, because like one of the things that I've had to do is broadcast 
I think people that listen to the show know, like, I'm a preacher. We now have to do our services completely digitally. But there are all sorts of things I know about digital broadcasting or, like, internet broadcasting purely from this show that, like, we hit the ground running pretty quickly with that, even though we're a relatively small, you know, group with not a lot of tech people. And it's been kind of weird how Marvel News Desk has set me up to be able to do all these things I never thought I'd have to do in a real job. So uh, it, it just it made me think of that, Rian, when you said, like, we're used to doing this. Yeah. Like, it's helped on a professional side, too, that, like, talking to you guys every week has helped me figure out some of these things. I feel like we could uh, – maybe we need to look at trying to broadcast through YouTube again. I don't know. I mean, this Be Live thing has worked okay. I've gotten much better with the online broadcasting software that we tried to use and I couldn't ever get to work. Now I know how to get it to work. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Michael T. Ford just threw in, and I've actually been chatting about this a little bit. He's had time to start up his podcast. Um, it's called The Racial Draft. Uh, he has episode three coming soon. So our listeners, I mean, they've heard his name a lot. He's guest. Yep. He's been a guest here with us. He's been a Patreon subscriber since the beginning. Um, so definitely uh, check that out. But yeah, I almost pulled out my uh, my mic that I use for practice. I, I I ended up in charge of an all hands meeting for my coworkers through video chatting and all that. And I started to pull out my mic and everything for that to be high quality, but I didn't. It was too much effort. Uh, let me go ahead and do a quick mailbag for as we wrap up. Uh, on the last pod, um, Love Waffle had a lot of interesting and good thoughts about Black Widow and how it relates to Eternals and um, Falcon and Winter Soldier as far as scheduling stuff. I won't read too much about that because uh, he commented long enough ago that it doesn't matter anymore and all that stuff got reshuffled. But uh, thanks for the comments. Uh, Dave was wondering... If um, Michael Mando's Scorpion tease might be related to the Spider-Man spinoff, maybe they'll make a Scorpion movie or a Sinister Six movie. I really hope they don't make a Scorpion movie. I can't think of anything that would feel less interesting to me than a solo movie based on a guy that had three minutes of screen time in Spider-Man Homecoming. But um, That's all we've got on the website. Thanks for everybody that's checked in on us. We had a couple people asking if we're having another episode come out. Uh, again, sorry if we've not communicated as well as we could, but we also just have been figuring out life. You know, I've been figuring out how to teach preschool for if nothing else. So that's been an interesting experience. Um, but yeah, we'll, I don't know. We're going to take it as a come, you know, take it as we see it kind of thing. I like doing it when we have things to talk about and I don't mind talking to these guys. Otherwise, I guess what we'd love, uh, if you want to give us feedback on Twitter or whatever, do you want a Marvel news desk that's just talking about the best takeout food that we got during quarantine? Like, you know, do you want a potato podcast? Like, um, cause like, I'm not against necessarily doing that. I just, I, I don't want to put out a Marvel news desk and people be like, Oh, all you did was talk about stupid stuff. You didn't talk about Marvel. And it's like, well, you know, what is there to talk about? So maybe we'll do a reading group. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that all out, but yeah. But if you have a discussion topic you want us to hear, send it to us and maybe we'll talk about it. We were just talking about how hard it is to keep the show going when there's no real content. And just about the time real content was about to happen, it's not happening again. <laughs> <And> so, 
At least we had content Maybe about we'll get lucky. not having content this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll – dude, if they would just drop New Mutants on Disney yes. Plus or on Hulu or whatever, we could do a New Mutants review pod. That would be fun. But it is weird that they have not given that a date, right? That They gave all these other thing dates. Like Disney taught, really reshuffled everything, but there is nothing about when it's, it's hitting streaming. It's got to be hitting streaming. I was about to say they it's announced gotta. something that was going straight to Disney Plus. I don't remember what Artemis Fowl. Yeah, so that's going straight to Disney Plus. So I'm sure New Mutants, right. unless they think it's not worthy of Disney Plus and it's going to like Hulu. That's the thing. I think that's the holdup now. They have Disney Plus, and I think the argument now is. Well, this is a Marvel movie, but it's a scary Marvel movie, you know, and we definitely need content for Disney Plus. Um, but I don't think it's not a Disney Plus play. Can you imagine one of your kids coming across that? Uh, but they won't like if they do it right and they keep it from the kids sections. I don't know. I mean, again, 10 things I hate about you is on Disney Plus and that movie is definitely a 13 plus, depending on your, your sensibilities. I would say I want my kids to be at least 13, if not 16, before they see 10 Things I Hate About You. You know, like, there are a lot of very explicit sex jokes in that movie. And it's sitting there on Disney Plus and nobody said boo about it. But a lot it, so. of that stuff can go across, like, over the head of kids, right? Whereas a face bursting through a wall is a little bit more out there on face value maybe but like a line like does this chick have beer flavored nipples or something like that doesn't really that does that's not that's that's i mean that's the 10 things i hate about you line or there's another scene where they can't i can confidently see i've never seen it oh there's another scene where somebody just literally draws a penis and nuts on a guy's face like and it's very obviously that, like, it's just, it's not innuendo, though. That's the thing. Like, that movie okay, is So there's an actual, okay, there's a, okay. Oh, so I, I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, it'd be huge. But it's it's I, it's hard to believe it'd get a theatrical release at this point. So we'll see. All right. I think that's all I've got. You guys have anything else? Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, you can support us all the usual ways. We're keeping the Patreon up because we are still trying to make shows and it does help us host. Uh, I know there's not as much content as we'd like to be there. So we just we want to thank you for supporting the show if you're a supporter of us. Um, it just helps keep things going. Um, we haven't really pushed it strong because we know there's a lot of really good places to send money right now and we're not in that much need. But we also appreciate you helping us pay for uh, the things that we got to pay for. So. Uh, yeah, all the usual stuff. Tim Cox and Alvin, great job on all our stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.